Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. It's seven minutes after one o'clock. This is Life Happens. My name is Pimelo Motene. Thank you so much for being with us. It's going to be a really interesting uh, show today. It is a Tuesday. As you know, we usually go into Indigenous Knowledge Systems on a Tuesday and we welcome our now regular Mcholoko Zulumatabo Zulu, who joins us now via, I think it's Skype that we, via Zoom. He is on the line with us and we're discussing all sorts of things metaphysical today in in light of indigenous knowledge systems and metaphysical looking specifically at Basotho as our reference point. Mucholoko, um, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, it's highly appreciated. And also greetings to your, to your listeners. So l- let us talk and start um, unpacking metaphysical science in the African yeah. perspective. That's right, thank you very much. So basically, uh, metaphysical science or metaphysics is about the study of reality, the scientific study of reality. So uh, so for example, when we talk about uh, something that is, let's say, tangible or, or something that, uh, you know, uh, has got evidence, uh, something that uh, we can all see, you know, that's all metaphysical stuff. Mm-hmm. So normally uh, in life, you've got uh, knowledge, you've got uh, reality, you know, and you've got, let's say, beliefs, doctrines and stuff like that. Uh, what will set metaphysical apart will be something to do with reality. So, for example, among the Basutu, they have a something called Ngariti. And Ngariting describes uh, metaphysics in terms of three uh, three parts. So, for example, uh, they describe a, a, a perceptual a perceptual reality, and they also describe a symbolic reality, and they also describe a literal uh, reality. So, when you analyze the word Ngariting, uh, there's an N. It starts. Uh, there's an N there. The N part describes the observer. So if I say uh, if I say nkemeling, there's an end there. It means this observer. They should wait for this observer, and sometimes they change it. They put e there. So if I say ikari, I'm now talking about another observer, not me, the other observer. You know. So so then in that particular case, ngari thing. So it means uh, it is from the vantage point of the observer. It is the case like the case is the case. So there are three metaphysical cases so the first case will be a perceptual case like sometimes you are in the and perceptual is actually doesn't mean imaginary some people kind of confuse that with imaginary okay i think we, we're struggling a little bit with our network with uh, connecting to Mcholoko Zulumatabo. so we'll try and reconnect him to a better connection there while we do that start dialing in it's really a fantastic and an interesting conversation so we're talking about metaphysics and the abstract in african context what that all means in the african context and we're going to break that down so start dialing in on 891 or you can start sending in your whatsapp questions on 0614-104-107 mcholoko um, is back with us i think you're on a better network now good afternoon I, I, can you hear us mcholoko Yes, I can hear you. Thank All you right. very much. Yes. We, we were still unpacking the, the, the three elements of Ngarite. 
Yes, that's right. Yeah, thank you. So, so, so the first case is the perceptual. According to the Basutu, um, the way you feel about reality is actually a fact. You know, they regard that as a fact. The way you feel about it is extremely important because you can change your minds based on how you feel. So the feeling is extremely important. And then the second part of court is the symbolic case of reality. So symbolic basically is the mixture of a, a literal case of reality and also, let's say, a perceptual case. So let's make an example. Take something like a, a jewelry. Mm -hmm. or uh, or beads for example mm -hmm. so if you look at beads uh, they are physical of course they are material but also they've got spiritual meaning they've got symbolic meaning you see so that is so that is a symbolic reality symbolic reality is something that has the material and and the and the non-material for example and then the last part is then then describes a literal reality like Hababua, when, when they speak, maybe you're visiting somebody, you ask the question, you know, uh, where is the, where is the uh, mother of the house or where is the matriarch of the house? And the answer will say, Ute. So that means that person is literally there. You know? Okay. So these are the states of reality. Can I ask um, if, for instance, the symbolic case would also include things like the stars? Oh, very important. Absolutely. Yes, they would include the stars and they would also include uh, as an extension of the star systems would include, for example, uh, uh, things like divinations and stuff like that. So the star is a very it's a very good point. So, for example, when a Mesutu child is born, you know, uh, they don't give the name right away. But after the the, the belly button has fallen off, then they're going to organize this um, ritual, this naming uh, ritual. And they're going to make sure that uh, there is a stellar body there, like in the form of a moon, for example. And they're actually going to connect this child with this moon and say, this is your peer. Wherever you go, you must always have this. But obviously, the child cannot touch the moon, stuff like that. So that is a symbolic case. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. The sea, water, same, same category? Absolutely. 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 For example... Uh, let's let's make you you know one of the stars of the Basutu is called Dosa, right? And and this is the star called Jupiter. Now one of the reasons they use that name Dos because Dola, Dosa Dosa it means to pull, right? So they're actually saying that this particular star does have a gravitational pull on let's say for example pregnancy when a woman is pregnant or on on the lives of people it has it has that gravitational pull. And there's actually two stars like that. There's Tosa, which is Jupiter. Another one's called Tosamasiu, which is Sirius, right? And it's interesting whereas Sirius actually also marks the beginning of, of, of the calendar, of, of, of the change of season, for example. So yes, there's, there's a lot of symbolic cases in terms of the cosmos and, and also the way we live, you know, where, very important. Where would plants fall? Which category would plants fall into? Well, plants are interesting because according to the Basutu, plants have got spirit. Yes. You see? And you can so speak they are to the affected plant. by the symbolic case. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like one, one particular plant I can think of is Dosa. Uh, sorry, um a tula, tula, a plant called Tula. So it's one of the popular medicine plants in the free state. Mm -hmm. So Tula is called Tula because you see the word tu means a spirit. So they are actually saying that this particular plant, you can talk to it 
even when you are going to use it to to for a particular you know unhealthy condition or disease whatever you can actually communicate with this plant you know and say that you know we want to get rid of this uh, illness or something to that to that effect and in, and in fact uh, what, what's important in that in that case is that even before they cut a plant or it could even be a tree for that matter they usually have to ask for permission to do that before they actually cut it this is what the ancient basutu used to do yeah Chorko, let me then ask you is there anything if we then understand that clearly we're almost saying things have energy everything around us has energy it's just a matter of degrees of energy is there anything that yes. then falls purely on the category of just literal can a pen for instance just be literal or do we sometimes think this pen has energy because i've held on to it for too long and it has gravitated to me and then holds my spirit very good point so basutu they describe they use the word into to describe any type of object right now the pen is slightly different because is 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 a is something that was made right uh, so there's been a lot of changes on it but if you take a natural pro- things like a stone a rock for example or a, or a stick or even let's say water for example so they are referred to as nto because nto means they've got two and the two means they've got spirit so uh, so i i know that um, you know you just use the word energy but i think the, the, the for them they, they would use something like consciousness, like it has got ah. consciousness. Ah. And they would describe there are different forms of consciousness, ah. right? In Western society, consciousness is usually neural based or, or based on a nervous system. Like if something is a nervous system, they say it's consciousness. But the question is, what if what if it doesn't have a nervous system? Like you see a rock doesn't have a nervous system. So Basutu then would describe a, a molecular consciousness because you see a rock has got a molecular structure so its consciousness is molecular based you see and then if you look at water so water will be wave based you know is a wave based so the wave has consciousness you see so 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 that's how we sort of distinguish these three different types of consciousness so yes uh, so you can get energy that way uh, and, and sometimes you get actually electromagnetic energy from 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 the object because remember that in order for you to see a rock it has to reflect its light to you so that you can then begin to see this particular rock so there is that uh, optical electromagnetic energy that gets transferred that gets communicated that sort of stuff yes and 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 maybe on that point also because i just mentioned the water so basutu uh, will tell you that um, uh, water actually sorry uh, light comes from water for example so if you were to ask the question you know water and light which came first they would say water came first and then the light comes from the water so so the water is the mother of light and that's why you have the word lisidi you know the d describes water so it's telling you right there that the light comes from water which is the reason why they say that when water when light is moving at a high speed if it reaches water sorry when light is moving at high speed when light reaches water, it's going to reduce the speed because now it's now interacting with the mother.
Hmm. Yeah. We'll continue that conversation. I'm in conversation with Mcholoko Zulu Zulu, who is willing to take your questions and anything that you're not clear about. We're discussing indigenous knowledge knowledge systems, and we're unpacking we're unpacking the metaphysics as well as the abstract understanding of our world around us in the African context. So 0891-10427 is the number to dial, or you can send us a WhatsApp note on 0614-104-107. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation. This is anonymous. It's actually interesting what your guest is saying because these are realizations that have recently and independently come to that even rocks are living things and water also is a living thing. Just that it does not live in the same way an animal or plant or human does. It lives in its own particular way, in a way suitable for a rock to live. So it's quite interesting, the discussion that you are having. Thank you for it. Great show, great show, guys. I like the show. I like the information. I like everything about it. Can I challenge the professor there who is speaking, who is saying that uh, light comes from water? Uh, but if we can look, uh, look back, 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 go back, light created everything. Even uh, the plant also, the plant was created by light. Even water, water was created after the light was here. Because if you remember at the Big Bang, when that energy expanded, there was a phase of a, a chemistry. Then everything mattered after a chemistry. In the, the first thing that mattered first was the sun. After the sun, there were planets. After planets came the water. So I'm in conversation with Mcholoko Zulumatabo Zuru, who is a doctoral practitioner, a metaphysics scientist, a cosmetologist, a technological inventor, and a software engineer with more than 20 years experience. And we're discussing indigenous knowledge systems. We are talking about metaphysics. We're also going to go into abstract um, realities as well. Um, doc, let's just unpack what this last uh, message was saying. You know, trying yes. to argue the issue of what came first, light or water. Do you go into yes. those kind of, um, and I know you go a lot into uh, what kind of knowledge is in our books, in our universities, and what is taught, because you you have a sense that there has been an erasure of knowledge systems that come from the continent. Yes, Absolutely. And um, you see, he's saying that, uh, you know, there was the sun and then the planet and then the water. So meaning the water comes out. But actually, uh, so we are talking about African cosmology. And uh, it's very important to kind of make a distinction. Uh, and we are not uh, talking about, let's say, uh, the, the, the Western uh, Big Bang theory or, or cosmology or even the biblical uh, account of Genesis. We are talking strictly about the African continent, which has been subjected to erasure, as you rightfully put it. But just to um, just to summarize the idea of Genesis, 
So, for example, uh, when you look at, um, if you look at ancient uh, African manuscripts, like, for example, the, uh, the, the papyrus of, of, of Ani, you know, the, the book of the coming forth, you know, and I've got actually uh, something I've, I've written is called Holaboloko. Um, Holaboloko uh, is the beetle, you know, that the, the, the dung beetle, right? The dung beetle uh, is, is very critical in the Genesis, in the story of, of Genesis. So when you read these ancient manuscripts, including the book I've written called Halaboloko, African Roots of Cosmic Genesis, uh, actually what happens is that uh, the sun, the, the god, the, the sun god called Ra, you see, he comes from the water. That's very important, you see. And then, but what happens is that there's a voice of the gods that talk to the beetle and say, come forth from the water and, and bear up this god. So they're taking the beetle that the beetle must lift the god from the water. And that's exactly what happened. And at that time, of course, we don't have the sun yet. So, so this uh, particular sun, the sun god is, is, is lifted by the beetle. And from there, the beetle teaches the god on how to roll the sun. Because the, the beetle is the master of rolling the sphere. You see, and that's that's how it appears on the ancient manuscripts. So, so, and, and that's how so the light, which is the sun, comes after comes from the water. You see that. So, so the reader can the 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 the, the person who just uh, you know made a call, they can actually go and read the Egyptian book of the dead. And so the, the point here is that all science stems from a theory, right? Yes. So, so. Absolutely. so Everybody comes up with a theory and then it's adopted. Yes, and 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 then and and then uh, and if we're talking and, and in our particular case we're talking about the colonial establishment which has been very successful to impose their own uh, theories, which is why we're talking about metaphysics. You see, what's interesting about metaphysics? Metaphysics is not about theories; it is about reality. Let me just make an example that uh, your listeners can appreciate. So, for example, let's say that you're driving a car on the road and the police officer stops you and, and he says, uh, turn on your lights, your headlights, and then you turn on the headlights. And then from there, he asks you and says, have you turned on your headlights? He says, yes. And then he says, OK, come out of the car. I'm going to give you I'm going to write you a ticket. Then you say, how, officer, I've just turned on the lights. How can you give me a ticket? He comes and shows you, so come and look at the front of the car and the lights are not on. But when you hit that, that, that flick, that switch, there was a blue light that came on on the dashboard to say that the, you know, you have, the light is on, but actually the light was not on. So, so the driver is making an argument based on knowledge because he knows when you press the button, the lights are on. So he's using knowledge, making an epistemic argument to say that the light is on. But the police officer is making a metaphysical case to say that, well, the reality is that the lights are not on. But according to your knowledge, the lights are on. You see the difference between knowledge and metaphysics. And that's why uh, it's very critical for us to, to be more interested in metaphysics, because what has been happening in Western science books, there have been for example, using knowledge or explanatory power to make us believe the unbelievable. A good example is the whole idea of the of, of Charles Darwin, you know, theory of evolution. 
right? There's a lot of explanations and theories there, but there is no reality in terms of what is the case. All right, let's take a quick break. While we could uh, get ourselves into those um, voice notes, we'll also come back with your calls as we take questions from Choloko, who's going to be unpacking more of the indigenous knowledge systems around metaphysics, around uh, we're going to go into the abstract now in a short while and start dialing in with those questions. I know that you, you want to speak to him and you can start sending in those WhatsApp notes on 0614-104-107. Janale Tulu is standing by with the latest headlines at 1. Life happens with Pinelo Modine. I'm in conversation with Mcholoko Zulumatabo Zulu, who is a doctoral practitioner in metaphysics science and a cosmologist. So we we had stopped in in a conversation where we were he was responding to an uh, a voice note that came through, just talking about arguing what came first, water or light, and there was unpacking of that. So Mcholoko, let me just read this message that comes through on Twitter, and basically this particular person is saying, Pimelo, your guest is saying, um, because a myth. Uh, is saying becomes a myth. So what you are saying becomes a myth because as he uses science to define legitimate indigenous concepts, remember science stole indigenous knowledge to exist. So you can't use science concepts. It's an error to use a concept of science. Your response to that. Okay. So, so I, I suppose he's thinking that the, the person is thinking that uh, metaphysics is a Western concept. Yes, that is what he's So thinking. let me just, yeah. So actually, we are just using that word metaphysics to define the Sesotho concept of Ungaridi, right? So the, the metaphysics is an equivalent definition, just like, for example, I can talk about Lebesi and then I can say milk, but milk doesn't mean I'm using Western concept. You see what I mean? Yes, so, I So we are, exactly. So that's what we are, we are doing. So Ungaridi is the Sesotho concept of, of, of reality. And I've already provided the three cases of reality. But the English definition of, of that would be metaphysics. So metaphysics is about, is about the rare. But we are giving you here, we are providing an African metaphysical science. The African metaphysics. We are speaking from that paradigm. I'm, I'm not confused at all. I, 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 don't, I don't believe the concept of science originates yeah. from only um, a Western scenario. It's, it can't be. Yeah, absolutely. It just can't be. Tabo, no, very, yes, well, yes. In, very can important. I, can I make a point on yes, that? Yes, sure. Yeah, no, very, very important point. In fact, uh, you'll find that uh, the, the, the first science, we find it on the African continent. Uh, an example would be pyramids. A pyramid is, a, is an engineering project. It's the largest and the most complex engineering project. And uh, for example, even the mortar that was used to hold the rocks, is a very advanced chemistry. And what's interesting is that with the scientific knowledge that is available in Western society, including the technological tools, they are not able to reproduce that model. They know the, the different paths to say it is made up of this path, this path, this path, but they are not able to bring it together. And which brings me to a point. Uh, Basudu have a concept of, 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 of Ra, which means Rala, which means a design. It also means arrangement. And Basud will tell you that any, any type of design is a function of arrangement. Even a flower, when you look at flower, the way the petals are arranged, that tells you something about the design of that particular plant, you see. And, and Basud used the concept of arrangement also in mathematics. For example, if I can give an example, uh, the ancient Basud used to use rocks to count, to calculate. 
Uh, the only thing is that nobody really gets to tell you how they did it. But here in our institute, research institute, Marisebo University College Institute, we actually demonstrate how they use the rocks. So I'll give an example. Let's say I want to multiply nine times nine. And in order to multiply nine times nine and get the answer of nine times nine, using only stones, I will need only four stones. So we take one stone, we put it on the ground, and we call that position column one. And then I've got three stones left in my hand. And then I take another stone, I go and to column one, I make a bit of a horizontal space. I put another stone there so that there are two stones on the ground and they are horizontally aligned. So there are two stones on the ground, there's two stones on my hand. So the second stone is sitting on column two. Okay. Then I take another stone from my hand, I go to column two, I make a bit of a vertical space under the stone and put one stone there. Now I have three stones on the ground. And if you look at the geometric shape of these stones, they form a triangle. Now a triangle in African mathematics and science is actually a, a, a calculator. In Western society, a triangle is a geometric shape, right? In African society, a triangle is not just a, a, a geometric shape, it's also a calculator, meaning it has got intelligence, right? Okay. Then I've got one stone left in my hand, so I take that last stone, the fourth stone. Then I go and create column three. So from column two, I go to column three, make a bit of space, and it is horizontal aligned, and I put that last stone. And if you look at the geometric shape of, of these stones, they are a pyramidal, they've created a pyramidal triangle. And that's how they used to build the pyramids. Okay. Now, uh, remember the object of this exercise is to find out what is nine times nine. And these stones are going to tell us. Okay. For example, now what we do is, now just to recap, column one has got one stone. Column two has got two stones. Column three has got one stone. Okay. Now we go to column one. We treat column one as Lishume. So that means column one is 10. That particular stone is 10. Now we go to column two and count the number of stones. There are two stones. We subtract those two stones from Lishuma from 10, and that gives us eight. We write eight on the ground. Then we go to column three and count the number of stones. There's only one stone there. We put it next to the eight, it's 81. And if you do, take your calculator, it will give you the same answer. So now check what, has, what I've just done here. There was no multiplication, very important but we are able to solve a multiplication problem using the Basutu concept of ra, rala, meaning arrangement. So, and who said that in order to solve a multiplication, you've got to multiply. So you see that goes to tell you that, and you never find this concept I've just explained to you in Western uh, science books or, or, because these are originally authentically African origin of mathematical knowledge. Let's take a call from KGM, who is calling today from Uppington. Hello, KGM. Good afternoon, Pemi, and good afternoon to, your, to the listeners. Um, let, let, me, let me throw in my two cents worth of contribution. Yes. Look, I, I fundamentally, principally differ with your guest. Mm. Um, you see, we are too much of uh, westernized believers beyond imagination. Even when we claim to represent ourselves, 
we mimic the West so much. I'm listening to your guest. He's interpreting uh, the West as a, at our expense. You can't do that. The West found us here. The so-called civilization is civilization the Western way. We, we had our own. They might not have liked it, but we had our own. My, my bone of contention is when he says, for instance, a word in Sesotho that he's been saying, uh, Horala. And, and he says, in, in, in English it says, can we, can we learn to accept the, first, the fact that the, the Western people, people from across the oceans, came here, found us doing things in, in ways unimaginable for them, unbelievable for them, and when, when they could not explain it, they took some of us and claimed to educate and inform and give us knowledge. A parting shot. I'm a pure breed Mosara. Medically, there are a lot of things that we do that if I was like your guest, I would say they are scientifically proven. I mean, as it were, if you ask a so-called westernized person, even a medical doctor, uh, even scientists, the so-called scientists, they will say to you something is not scientifically proven. But when you say to, the, to them, break it down for me, when you say something is not scientifically proven, what exactly do you mean? K- KGM, let me, let me pause you there because there are a lot of people. Here's, yes. here's where you're unkind. Where yes. you're unkind mm. is the fact mm. that whether you believe everything that you said is not wrong, but mm-hmm. you still live in a world that has got Western practices. You, you yourself, KGM, still mm. were, live in a world that has got Western practices. And unfortunately True. for all of us, right, we still sit here and discuss, has this particular medicine been adopted by whatever institute? And unfortunately, the reference points are Western. So you've got to bring people along with you because we've lost so much of ourselves. It's not to say we don't know that there was us before there was the other. But in the interim, while we had lost ourselves, you can't just walk away and say, well, that's that, that's just you know the way it is. You've got to bring us along. And unfortunately, you have to unfortunately then also bring what is Western science along to say, well, here we are. You know, we don't differ much, but but you can't be hostile about it because we are here. I mean, bottom line is that you and I are speaking English right now. Can, can, can I, I? I love how you articulate your, your point. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. If you say we can't be hostile about it, when, when they forced us to adopt their systems, they were hostile about it. Yes. Why not? Why can't we be hostile about because it? Because it doesn't we... serve you now. Be- be- because because it doesn't... You, and, and let me ask you directly then. Yes. Are you going around town shooting every white person that's here because they came here shooting other people? You're not doing that right now, right? Because it doesn't serve you. That's, yes. I mean, it, that's the basis of, of, of how you carry out your own life right now is that you still engage with people who are not Bas- Basara, right? You still engage pe- with people who arrived here with hostility as their intention. So the point is that we have moved to a point where we are here. We may as well make it work. I, I agree with you 100%, but my parting shot is this, uh, Femi. Mm-hmm. 
we, we, when I'm talking about being hostile, I'm not necessarily referring to, for instance, the killings mm-hmm. that they did. I'm referring to systematic need for, for us to be able to change things, take them back, to reclaim and restore ourselves. Mm-hmm. We should not negotiate. If we know Relengana, we've been using it for so many years. Mm-hmm. Why must we listen to some scientists telling us that Lengana has to go through some scientific proof for mm-hmm. us to understand that it works or not? Mm-hmm. That is what I'm referring to. I hear you. We, we shouldn't be apologetic when we know factually this work. I hear you. I really do hear you. Tabo, are you calling us from Kimberley? Good afternoon. Uh, afternoon, Pimelo. Thank you for taking my call. Sure, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Look, uh, I found this discussion and explanation by the by the good doctor there right in the middle. So uh, he might have heard some of the things that I'm going to say. Sure. Uh, but uh, my, 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 my uh, contribution is with regards to religion because I believe religion is the basis and the foundation of anything, whether it's science or any other field of uh, academics mm-hmm. and uh, of science and existence. Uh, and saying this because if you look at what's happening in, in the Middle East, in Southeast Asia, mm. and in all the other continents, you find that the people that are succeeding, the Indians, the Chinese, you know, you go to, to Saudi Arabia. Mm. There are people that are firmly rooted in their religion. Yes. Now, they are Buddhists, they are Muslims, they are Hindus, and so on and so forth. Mm. Now, it brings it back to the explanation that was given by the good doctor to say um, there's so much that has been taken from us. Mm. And I think the root of all that is the religion because, you know, as Africans, this Christianity is foreign to us, whether we like it or not. You know, there's miracles that we believe happen in our lives, mm. which might be true because the supernatural power that is out there, but it's been repackaged in the form of Christianity. Mm. We have been people that have been very spiritual. I don't want to say religious. Yes. As Africans, we have been very spiritual. We interacted with the universe in our own ways. That's why the, 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 the good doctor the earlier was talking about the, 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 the galaxies, the celestial space, astronomy, and so on. And all that comes from Africa, that knowledge, you know. And my point that I'm trying to make is that it all started with taking away our belief system, mm. our spirituality. Because with that, then we don't have any backbone, if I can put it that way. Yeah. Because then we can embrace everything that is given to us. We can accept everything that is being said to us. Because our very firm mm. foundation, mm. you know, that of our own existence, has been taken away, mm. and as a result, mm. we'll believe whatever has been told to us. But my question to the good doctor there, can he maybe explain, based on his uh, research and understanding, what is his take, particularly in terms of uh, our religion as Africans? Mm. Because earlier he was talking about the, the pyramids in Egypt, you know, and there, there's a very in-depth study now that's been done by African-Americans, people who have been doing research for more than 30 years, Excuse me. And now they call themselves uh, Egyptologists. So they studied the science of the pyramids and the mummification of the bodies, you know, the pharaohs and all that. And all that, it goes to point that even this Christianity has got its roots in the practices in Africa. It was just repackaged <laughs> to, to divert and redirect the thinking of the African people. Lovely. So this Christianity, this Christianity 
it's just a diversion. We have our own spirituality, and Christianity is a stolen religion that is based on African spirituality and beliefs. So I'd like your guests really to touch on that one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, the the caller is asking, to what extent can we connect the fact that um, Christianity borrowed a lot of its principles from African spirituality? I'm going to ask you to pause for a minute because I've got to take a quick break and then we'll be back with more. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.3 FM in Rustenburg. You're on Life Happens. My name is Pimelo Mutine. This is SAFM, and we are in conversation with Mcholoko um, Zulu Matabo Zulu. Mcholoko means doctor, and he's a doctoral practitioner, metaphysics scientist, as well as cosmologist. Okay, and we're discussing indigenous knowledge systems today. We are focusing uh, our attention on metaphysics. We'll get to the abstract as well. So, Mcholoko, um, before we went to the break, there was a question around: yeah. To what extent has Christianity borrowed from Africa? African knowledge systems, African spirituality. Yes, uh, it has done a lot of a lot of borrowing. Um, you know, uh, in, in the sense that, for example, maybe just one example from the Bible. You know, there's this idea of commandments, ten commandments, right, which are also you know stressed in the uh, in the New Testament. So the ten commandments actually were taken uh, word for word from uh, what is known as Ma'at. Ma'at has got 42 principles. You know, even if you were to do a simple Google and say 10 commandments, Ma'at, you'll be shocked that uh, those 10 commandments appear in these 42 uh, principles. So that's just one example of of taking stuff there. So somewhere uh, where they says God gave Moses uh, the 10 commandments, that's just a story that was created, but actual commandments come from there. The only difference is going to be that the Africans don't call them commandments. They call them uh, the dialo, which would be principles, you see. And there's a difference between the two. The commandment is usually for, for employees, for servants. You know, your boss commands you to do this. But uh, the Africans believe that, you know, uh, the dialo. So the dialogue is not a commandment, but it is a principle that you espouse, that you live by, you see. So because principles are for free people, it's not for, uh, you know, it's not for servants or something like that. And then, uh, but it's also noteworthy to make a point that the Christianity also uh, is very much a Roman religion. I think it's a very important point to make, you see. Because the Bible that we have was was put together by the Romans in a place called Nicaea in 325 AD. It's very important to make the point. So they are the ones who gave us the Bible. There are many scriptures that exist, but uh, some scriptures were excluded if they were they went against, for example, the official dome of the Romans. A, a, an example would be, you know, there's something called Dead Sea Scrolls, right? And Dead Sea Scrolls, they they give us some facts that do not appear in the New Testament because the Romans did not do not want us to know that. That's not different from the apartheid government when they write history books. You know, there are certain facts that don't appear there because they don't want us to know that. 
you see. So I think it's very important to, to make the point. But religion is important, but I, I would like to say to the, to, the, to the listener, what is more important than religion is culture, you see, because uh, culture is the superset. Culture is the source of all knowledge. It's a source of education. It's a source of religion. It's a source of spirituality, rituals, and stuff like that. So we should foreground the culture. He's saying that uh, the people in the like Chinese and, and other people in the East are very successful because of religion. No, it's not because of religion. It's because of the culture. You see, and so if you look at a culture like for example, a religion like uh, uh, Islam, it incorporates a lot of Arabic culture, you know, including Arabic names, you see. So the culture is the key. And in fact, the Chinese are a very good example. They got their independence in 1949, but later on, about 10 years later, they embarked on a cultural revolution because they believe that if Chinese can be can can be inspired by their culture, their language, their writing systems, and their elders, their ancestors, Chinese would be the greatest nation on the planet. And today is the case. <laughs> I think that's a very important point to make. And maybe also about the other listener who was who said who said he's a Musarwa, right? Hey. Yeah, the one who said he's a Musarwa. So I, I know Basara. I, I lived in northern Botswana, you know, uh, in the Kalahari, near the Kalahari. So even the books that I, I, I wrote called The Sacred Knowledge of the Desert was inspired by my experience there. Um, he's, I think the, 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 the listener is very much, is uh, so much, I suppose, flabbergasted by the experience of the past that he's kind of uh, has a lot of antipathy towards you know western stuff so according to him lengana he wouldn't even use a microscope because uh, his question is why should my stuff be validated you see that's it but but we are here as you rightly put it out these are the tools that exist today you know these are the tools that exist today and africans had their own tools that they used in the past so, but I think what, what's important that will help him is that we need to build our own infrastructure, our own scientific infrastructure, our own institutes, our yeah. own schools, you know, and, and maybe that way, you know, he will be able to be accommodated that way. Because I suppose it's a bit hard now to go to somebody else's institution to get your stuff validated. Yes, I mean, I, and I then think... the last point... Yes. The last point about water. You remember the other uh, person talked about water, that, you know, water also lives but in a different way. So I just wanted to make the point that uh, water does have a lot of consciousness, a lot of intelligence. In fact, according to the Basotho, water is the creator. You see, exactly, water is the creator. So when you are in water, you are actually in contact with the spirits of creation. You look at a river like, for example, Zambezi. So Zambezi starts in north of uh, Zambia, and its destination is, is to go to Mozambique, to the Azanian Sea, which is, of course, called Indian Ocean, right? And if you look at the trajectory, it's southeast. But you know what happens when it begins to flow? It doesn't follow the trajectory. It goes into Angola, which is the wrong direction, right? And everybody's surprised. And when I was checking, that, I was surprised. Why does it go the wrong direction? And it goes into Angola for hundreds of kilometers. And at some point, it makes a U-turn and it goes back to Angola, sorry, to Zambia. And once it reaches Zambia, then it follows the trajectory to Mozambique. You see, that is intelligence. And the reason it's going to Angola is going to deliver some volcanic nutrients there, 
right? And after it does the delivery, it comes back and it fetches what it left in Zambia. And then from there it goes, just like the Sankofa, who goes back to fetch what they left behind. <laughs> I love that. Let's take a quick uh, voice notes and see if we can fit it in. Good morning to SAFM or good afternoon to SAFM and all the listeners. This is Ewok calling from Iteguini. Uh, I'm listening with great interest to the conversation around metaphysics and um, the erasure of cultural knowledge. Uh, and uh, it is very interesting. I just wanted to raise a possible point. Uh, you made the comment that science comes up with a theory and then everyone adopts it. Uh, I'd like to challenge that and say that science comes up with a theory and then everyone tests it. I think that's possibly one of the great advantages of science is that when a theory arises, it is not immediately adopted. It just becomes a current framework from which everyone can test their own theory. So science doesn't arrive with answers science arrives with questions that generate more questions. I'm just interested in the idea of how metaphysical notions test themselves or are tested. Good afternoon, Pimelo. I would like the gentleman to refer me to, to a book that I can read so that I know about metaphysics. Thank you very much. All right, so let, let's quickly then uh, unpack what the uh, one voice note was saying, say that I was saying that science has starts with a theory and then it's um, it's adopted. I, I I just can't speak to you now because I don't, you know, we can't find you, but we'll pick up on that another time. I stick by that, actually, okay. because, so that's my, my belief. My belief is that sure. not everybody tests it. There is a group of people that test it using their own systems their own tools and so it's not everyone that tests it it's a group of yeah. um a group of certain uh in this case let's talk about western uh knowledge those are the people who then test the specific the big bang theory for instance so it's not it doesn't follow that everybody tests it at the same point if that makes any sense because because the testing has to be standardized and that's where we differ. Yeah. That's where we differ. I'm saying it's it can't be. We don't all, we haven't all agreed on the methods of testing. And that's what I'm contesting. Excellent point, excellent point. And actually, um, it, is the, it is the hypothesis that gets tested as opposed to a theory because the hypothesis is the one that they, they make and then they're gonna test the hypothesis, Correct. right? Yeah. And then once they like the, the, the hypothesis, then that hypothesis becomes the theory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, but there are exceptions to the rule. I mean, for example, uh, uh, Charles Darwin's uh, theory has never been tested. It was accepted in its abstract, you know, uh, speculative way. <laughs> and the reason why it is acceptable is because if you look at Western philosophy, uh, Western philosophy is very much uh, into the speculative pursuit of knowledge, you see. And that's what makes a difference with African knowledge. African knowledge is more on the metaphysical pursuit of knowledge, for example. So they want knowledge to be grounded in reality. I'm going to have to stop here, but 
I have loved engaging with you, even yourself. I don't remember your name, the person who asked this question and was challenging us about this. I think we need to take it further. I think it's a very interesting conversation. Um, Doc, there was a question about what can somebody read who's really interested in metaphysics, especially with what you've been breaking down? Just one book, please, because we're running out of time. Of course. So there's a book I've written. It's called uh, The Sacred Knowledge of the Desert, African Philosophical Transcendence. Okay, we and will then, post so that. So that will put them to the Basotho philosophy. Excellent. Thank you so much. One more time. And we'll do this again soon. This is Dr. Zuluma Tabo Zulu, our resident doctor here who takes us through indigenous knowledge systems. Thanks very much for your engagement as well. Just gone two o'clock. Let me go to Jolana Tulo for the latest in SABC News.